0: From the the over-the-top studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. And what a guest we have for you today. Jay Torborg is joining us. He's uh, fresh back from some riding in France, where he got to spend a lot of time on Mont Ventoux. Jay, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us.
1: Oh, you're welcome, George. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, Jay, you and I have ridden together quite a bit, actually, on pack tours. And when I heard that you were riding on Ventoux, I thought... I want to get a first person account of what this climb is actually like, and okay. uh, I've really been looking forward to talking with you about it. So, tell us uh, why, Vontu? What? Why did you choose that to go for? Uh, spend some time.
1: Uh, Well, we actually, um, some of my cycling buddies and I rented a house in the town of Carome, and I'm probably mispronouncing all these French uh, town names, so bear with me. Um, Carome is a little town that's uh, about halfway in between uh, Malacine and Bedouin, or Bedouin, I think the uh, French pronounce it, which are two of the starting points of of kind of the two major climbs up to the top of Antu. We rented the same house about Six years ago, and just had a blast riding in that area. The roads in in Provence in that area are just gorgeous. Lots of vineyards, rolling hills. You know, let alone the two. You know, the multiple climbs of Mont Ventoux. And so we decided to go back to the same location. The house was just really pretty and and very nice. And we had lots of great restaurants and you know pâtisseries and boulangeries and someone near nearby. Um, you know, great little grocery store right next door to the house so we just had a blast in that area so decided to go back um Ventoux obviously is a very well known climb it's kind of one of the classic you know Tour de France climbs and Uh, you know, so it's kind of fun to do that climb a couple three times, you know, on a trip, but I I would say that after you've done it a few times, it kind of gets old. (laughs) I think, uh, I think I've done Bantu maybe a dozen times over the years. I've been, I've been back to the same area. This is the third, third trip to that same general area. Um, but the rest of the riding in that area is just epic. I mean, it's, it's, there's very few places I've been to and I've been to a lot of different places in Europe and. In the US and, and other places and there's just not much riding that's much better than what you'll find in that area in Provence.
0: Okay you're making me extremely
1: envious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I want to know what it's like to be on such a storied climb, storied roads. Uh, we all get this view of it on the television but what's it like from the saddle?
1: Um, so, so where I was staying it's probably about uh, maybe Four or five miles from Carome to the start of what's considered the real climb of Bantu. And so I have, there's probably maybe 500 feet of elevation gain to get to that start. And then once you start uh, from the Bedouin side, which is the climb that they always seem to do in the Tour de France, it's 19 kilometers from the start of the climb to the top that averages about seven and a half percent. And on that side on that particular ascent up onto the the grade is pretty consistent all the way up. I mean it, it maybe varies by one or two percent, um, but you know, there's really no lulls except uh except for the parking lot of the Chateau Renault, which is about six kilometers from the top. It really there's really no respite. I mean it's pretty much constant climbing. Um it starts out a little bit easier at the beginning and gets a little bit harder toward the end, but for the most part it's you know, pretty much a consistent slog <laughs> all the way up. Um, I would say, you know, the first up until you get to the point to the Chateau Renault, it's uh, pretty much in the woods all the way. So the the road kind of, you know, has some switchbacks, but a lot of pretty straight, you know, long sections. Um, and so you can, you know, you it's not like the uh, Alpe d'Huez where you can see all the switchbacks and count them and know how close you are to the top. It's kind of more of a very consistent you know fairly significant climb uh for quite a long time <laughs> so uh for me you know i'm i'm not you know a spring chicken anymore and i you know i'm not, probably don't have the best physique for climbing so it's uh it, it took me about two hours to get up the bedwan climb um you know i think uh you know uh, a younger more fit you know rider would probably be able to do it in you know less time i think the pros tend to take a uh, about an hour or so, maybe a little more than an hour. Um, so it's a, it's, you know, it's a good long workout.
0: So what's it like when you come out of the trees and you can actually see all the way to the top?
1: Um, you know, in some ways it, it, it seems easier at the top, even though the, the grade is a little harder, but you can, you know, you, you can get a bunch better sense of how close you are to the top. So, uh, you know, it's, it can be windy up there. I mean, the Bantu means wind <laughs> I think oh. in French. So, <laughs> so it's often very, very windy at the top. Now, fortunately, this this past, you know, when I did it a couple weeks ago, it wasn't anywhere near that windy. So um, there's kind of just a nice, pleasant breeze enough to keep you cool, but not, you know, not enough to blow you over. Um, in past times I've done it, the wind, you know, it's it's a very treacherous descent in that section because it's very exposed. It's, it's kind of like a, you know, almost like a lunar landscape, sort of. It's kind of just... Uh, kinda of light gray rocks, you know, um, right up to the road with no no nothing to block the wind really. A lot of riders this time of year are going up the climb, so particularly on the Bedwan side. So, you know, generally it's it's sort of like going to a you know a big century ride in the US where you have, you know, hundreds of other riders around you, that's what it's like climbing Buntu. When you get to the top there are literally probably 200 riders (laughs) kind of camped out at the top getting their picture taken with a sign or, you know, talking to their friends or whatever. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a very interesting, you know, it's not like just going out and doing a local ride. I mean, there are just literally tons and tons of cyclists, probably more bicycles on the road than there are cars.
0: And that was my next question. Wow. I'm stunned. There's that many, but not really, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, in fact, one of the interesting things this time around was that there are a lot more e bikes. I, I would say probably 15 to 20% of the bikes going up onto were e bikes. And, you know, I had never seen that before. I mean, certainly not in the U.S. It's just not very common to see people out climbing big climbs with, with e bikes, but it's very different in Europe.
0: Now, you were telling me when we were talking uh, before. That you actually liked the other side of Montu even better than the the more traveled side.
1: Um, I do in some ways. It's uh, you know it's it's more um, it's more varied. So you know you it's a little bit longer climb. It's twenty two kilometers from Malaise to the top. It still has an average grade of seven and a half percent, but there are uh, sections that are you know more like three percent. In fact, when you're doing these big climbs in France, there are these little almost like gravestones on the side of the road every every kilometer that indicate how far you are from the top and what the average grade for the next kilometer is and so on the Malacene side you often see you know a three percent and then you'll see a 12 percent and then you'll see an eight percent you know whereas on the Bedouin side it's almost always like seven or eight percent like almost the entire way up Uh, so the Malasine side is a little more varied you get a little bit more Chance to rest on those more gradual sections, um, but of course you have steeper sections as well. So it actually took me longer to get up the Maliseet side because I, you know, it's not you don't you can't get into quite the same kind of rhythm that you get on the Bedford side. But at the same time, that makes it you know a little bit more interesting a uh, climb as well.
0: Now I'm thinking a little bit earlier was saying the descent can be treacherous because it's exposed and very windy. I'm also thinking of all the riders that are out there, I and mean, that's not a wide road, and you've got people who are just flying down as a number climbing up. Uh, that sounds like it could be a little scary.
1: It, You know, if it's windy, it can be quite scary. I mean, this time it wasn't very windy, so it wasn't too bad. But uh, I remember the last time I was there, which was about six years ago, Trying to come down the descent when you had, you know, 20 mile an hour crosswinds, maybe even more than 20 miles an hour, you know, you almost felt like you were getting blown off the bike a little bit when you're coming down a fast descent, particularly if you had deeper profile wheels. And so, yeah, it can be a little bit dicey coming down. I'm not the best descender, so (laughs) I was a little bit nervous at times. Um, But this time it it was actually quite a bit, you know, gentler breeze. And once you got into the trees, it was actually quite pleasant.
0: Now I'm curious. What is your favorite climb in France?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I, it's it's probably not one of the big, big, huge climbs. I mean, some of the smaller climbs are, in some ways, more pleasant to me. I mean, I you know, I, I love to climb, but I I like climbs that are you know a thousand to two thousand feet, not ones that are fifty five hundred feet like Bontu. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, because by the time I get to the top of on you know, my lower back is killing me and <laughs> I'm just kind of ready for it to be over, you know, whereas the shorter climbs, you know, it's, uh, you, you still get that sense of accomplishment. You still get that beautiful descent on the other side and, uh, you know, you're not quite so worn out.
0: So you really don't have a favorite you could name in France. How about in the U S?
1: Oh boy. Um. Uh, you know one one of my favorite climbs in the US is is um not lemon in tucson just cuz it's you know it's it's not super steep it's the pavement is really nice the you know the cars seem to pay some attention to cyclists and you know you don't feel like you're getting in their way that much cuz there's enough of a shoulder or it's a wide you know white enough road and uh you know the descent is pretty nice cuz it's the it, the it, you know all the all the the roads seem to be banked in the right direction as you're coming down the down the um you know long descent but uh you know there's other really beautiful climbs in the northwest as well you know mount uh, around mount Rainier um that are quite nice um even just a near where I live here in portland um you know we have we don't have really huge climbs like that, but there's quite a few thousand foot climbs that are you know up into the west hills that are that are a lot of fun as well.
0: So, getting back to Vontu, too. If someone is planning a trip to Europe, where would you recommend they stay? Again,
1: well, the town that we stayed in is the uh, town of Carom, uh, C R C A R O M B, and uh, that's a great place. It's a t- it's a tiny town, though. I mean, it's it's not quite um, the you know the cycling hotspot that that Bedouin or Malacine are, um, and there. Are, I don't think there's any too many hotels. There may be two or three really small hotels, whereas some of these bigger towns have, you know, m- much more hotel space. Um, but what made it nice for us is just, the uh, you know, kind of, it was a beautiful house. I mean, it was an eight-bedroom house and, you know, we had plenty of room and uh, and all the local amenities, the, uh, the patisseries that were very close by, the grocery store right next door, um, you know, some nice restaurants. So that area is just a great place to stay. And the, and the cycling in that area is, is, you know, really unparalleled. And just really nice roads, many roads with very, very few cars. Um, there was a little section of, of roads um, that were literally about two or three miles from where we were staying. That once you got into the section, you could ride 25 or 30 miles and maybe see a half a dozen cars the whole time. It was just perfect pavement, you know, just really beautiful rides through the trees and the vineyards and you know plenty of you know climbing plenty of flatter sections i mean just a, just a you know really beautiful area
0: well jay i sure appreciate you taking the time to chat with us a very fun conversation appreciate it
1: Oh, you're very welcome thank you
0: jay torborg joining us on over the top cycling from the over the top studios in boulder colorado i'm george thomas <music> ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. I'm Meredith Masony. And I'm Tiffany Jenkins. We're the hosts of Take It or Leave It, a podcast where we discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Join us every week where we sit down and talk about parenting, even though we don't really know what we're talking about. We have guests, we take your calls, and we get weird. Tiffany and I are just like you. We are two struggling moms who have no idea what we're doing. Join us on Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents.
1: ACAST recommends.